This episode is brought to you by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's why you might want to check out State Farm Small Business Insurance. Why? Because State Farm agents are small business owners too, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, editor-at-large at Recode. You may know me as someone who's contractually required to get in a Twitter fight with Jason Calacanis every month, but in my spare time, I'm just a reporter, and you're listening to Recode Decode, a podcast about power, change, and the people you need to know. We're part of the Vox Media Podcast Network. Today in the red chair, of course, is Jason Calacanis. He's an investor, an entrepreneur, and occasionally, almost always a pain in the ass. But seriously, <laughs> Jason is the CEO of an email newsletter company inside the host of the podcast This Week in Startups. And way back in the Stone Age, he co-founded a company called Weblaws. He also ran something called Silicon Alley Insider. We'll talk about our ancient history, which you've done before, uh, and more. But it's a good time to talk about stocks, all kinds of things. And I warned him already, if he insults my partner in Pivot, Scott Galloway, I am going to physically break his arm. Uh, anyway, Jason, welcome to Recode Decode. It's great to be here. Why are you so mean to Scott? Like, I, stop. Listen, he is going He's, hard yes. on Uber yeah. and Tesla. Yeah. And he was For wrong goods. in both cases. No, not in Uber's Ruff, case. the big dog. No, you know what? You wish you were called the big dog. The big dog. You are the tiny Ruff, dog. Ruff, you are the Ruff, small Ruff, you big are, dog. Don't insult him. I oh, come you. on, he's a grown man who I'm refers gonna, to himself in the third person. Oh, stop it. You do that all the time. Like You literally have the same personality. <laughs> That's probably why I'm you going like after him a bit. You were like the backup. You would have been the backup for Scott. The for problem, I know I am, and that's, you always have that over him. I know, And you that's can true. see you know, how I was he telling him the today. big dog's chain. No, I don't. A lot of, pe- a lot of like, white men come up to me and said, well, if he ever doesn't do it, I'll do it. Like, I get it every week someone else thinks that they can make it up. You're probably one of the few that could actually do it, could, could actually do so. well. It would do well in terms of people listening. But listen to me. He's correct about Uber. I'm sorry. I think he's got the right analysis. He does analysis. He says tough analysis. You guys are mean to him. You and, and Keith pile the fuck on to him. Well, I, have I mean, to slap he brings you. it on. He wants it. No, he, he's trying no, to engage. No, try, yes, but not personally. You like you guys go after him in the weirdest way. I have to say, I find it. If you want to like argue with him, pretty much your argument with him is we're rich and smarter than you are. So what do you know? He's actually pretty rich. He actually is, has no. He did well. Some of his predictions are amazing and very insightful. I, I think he has some good hot takes. Mm-hmm. Hot That's, takes. What's he has that? some hot takes. You no, know the hot takes the no. kids talk about the hot no, takes. No, he's been right a lot. Like no, today he, has he did been. one. He you has know. been. He just, you know, he's very effervescent. Yeah. On the media, sometimes he's wrong. He puts himself out there a lot. Yeah. And then if he's wrong and he wants to do that on Twitter, you will get dunked on I by people know, who have I more know, information. Why don't than you, you have a substantive conversation rather than? He dunk never invited on him. me on the pod. I'll well, have, that's I'll have, uh, all right. Well, I'll have me on the pod. No, because you're mean. Like, why would he? So he's <laughs> sending me out, and again, like engage him substantively. But okay. you guys are mean. You're just like mean girls. You're mean girls, is what you is are. Is that you're what mean. we are? You are. He makes you, it personal boy. too. He makes it personal yeah, sometimes. And he's sorry about it. You're never sorry. About it, you're never sorry. When I you actually dunk on am people. always sorry if I make it too personal, and uh, I have learned to dial back. Yes, making you've it had personal. some controversies, haven't you? Yeah, you know when I grew up in public, right? Like right. when you're a 22 year old editor of Silicon Alley Reporter, I didn't know what I was doing. You're a New Yorker, right? You're yeah, right. I'm a New Yorker, and I didn't know what I was doing when I did that magazine, or and I always was in a position with maybe far too much attention on me with less experience. Yeah. And then what happens over time is your experience catches up and then maybe you get a little more humble mm-hmm. and those two things switch. And I try to mentor a lot of young founders I invested now in this very phenomenon, which is don't get high on your own supply, mm-hmm. be humble, 
And just you got to fill in that experience, that knowledge, that wisdom. And that's what I try to do now but, in my, part of my day job. is being like a little Trumpy. Candid. I mean, Trumpy is what okay. I would say. I don't want to trigger you. <laughs> but you, are, you okay? are a little Trumpy. All right. You love you, it. Okay. I do not love it. was the largest crowd ever. All right. Okay? Listen to me. Listen to me. Nice, nice. Well done. But, I mean, <laughs> it is, isn't it interesting, you sort of these discussions on Twitter? So we're going to talk about a range of things. Yes. Um, we're going to talk about late stocks. Stage, late, late stage. Late stage journalism. Late stage journalism and things like that. So where do you want to start? Well, you, let's start with those companies, Tesla and uh, Uber. Now, I am, yeah. I am going to go with Scott's analysis of Uber that it's in real it's in real distress in terms of they just Jason Drogi just left. Um, yeah, he did a great job Uber building Eats, Uber but, Eats. But what Uber Eats, they're pulling Oof. back, but they're pulling back on it. Well, you know, and analyze Uber for me, please. Sure, sure. Well, listen, I, you know, I was the third investor in Uber. If you didn't know that, I put it on the cover of a book, and I yeah. it's in the first five minutes of every podcast I've ever done. Right. But seriously, I watched that company grow, and there was something strange that happened over the last decade, which was companies didn't go public like they did in the previous right, cycles yes, at 50 to 500 million in revenue. Mm-hmm. They stayed private. And there was all this, you know, public money, T. Rose, Fidelity, that kept the companies private longer. Mm-hmm. That causes a massive opportunity in that you can not educate the market as to what's going on. Right. It also keeps you from having the reality of scrutiny. Right. And so, you know, it's a double-edged sword. And then you had Masayoshi-san come in mm-hmm. and say, you know what? Why IPO now? Let's do another two years of growth. Mm-hmm. Here is a bunch of funny money. It's the Masa PO. Right? Mm-hmm. It's like literally a Masa IPO. Mm-hmm. You had two instances where people said, stay private longer. Right. And you and I know that that is a recipe for high growth and perhaps less constraint. Mm-hmm. And so that led to Uber running away with the market, getting to, you know, I think there are 2 billion rides a mm-hmm. quarter over $10 billion in revenue, and a very clear path to profitability. I mm-hmm. mean, that's what the media gets wrong. And this is, I think, will dovetail with our late-stage uh, journalism and the, ant- and the tech backlash in journalism, mm-hmm. which you've brought up before. And you and I came up in the era when, you know, people were, who were in tech journalism were fans. Yeah, not me. But go you ahead. Are, you, were, you were always odd. You were always out there on the edge. Now it's become, I think it's the pendulum song, way too negative. And when you look at these companies— um, they were given the runway. They were given a 10-year, 20-year mandate. Mm-hmm. But for public markets, they're looking at it quarterly. So what a massive change Dara had to do when the company went public and they said, oh, you, you want profitability? You don't want massive growth? Okay. We're losing 50 cents a ride. That's what they historically lost. Mm-hmm. There will be no change in behavior, with the exception of on the margins, maybe Lyft Line and Uber Pool, when you change that price by 50 cents. Right. And so it will glide right. it's into more profitability. Than that, though, just today, for example, today I went to get an Uber and yep. it was fifty dollars from the Castro downtown, and I was like, "No, thank you." It yeah. was, the prices have, and that's for AB five and other yeah. things here in San yeah. Francisco. But I've noticed the price is creeping up rather dramatically. In terms, I, I think of, it's very market. So it's growth versus profits. Profits, right? Yeah. And the so question what is, what does that do to a company like Uber? You'll see, you know, growth go from you know, 30% year over year to 20%. Mm -hmm. So the public markets will be happy. It'll be profitable. They won't be scared that these things become a we work, Mm -hmm. right? And so you really have to analyze, do people love this product? uh, And how far ahead of the skis are they? When you look at WeWork, that just got super far ahead of its skis. And there was nothing differentiated about that product office space. Mm -hmm. Still a great business, maybe a great $5 billion business, but not a $50 billion business. When you look at something like Uber— Were you in WeWork? I was not. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I stayed in one for a while. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that was a disaster. So that one deserves, like, wow. I mean, bad behavior on the individual and just no discipline and not really good union economics. Then you look at something like Tesla as well. 
they were always building two or three years ahead. The superchargers, Mm -hmm. Model 3, solar, the panels, the gigafactories. And so if you give great founders with vision Mm -hmm. a lot of runway, they're going to take it, Mm -hmm. just like Bezos did. And what the public markets are going to figure out is what's Blue Apron and WeWork and what's Uber and Tesla. All right, let's finish with Uber. So so why would Jason leave now? I think it's because of the cutbacks. He must have been like, go, go, go. And now it's like, no, not so much. Because first of all, another Uh, race to the bottom. It's probably exhaustion. It's just exhaustion. Yeah, of course. I mean, he he, he 5X that business, I think, year over year. But it looks like they're cutting back. They're closing in India. They're selling things off. They're trimming. It's not like go, go, go. That was always Travis's plan. Travis Mm -hmm. would always say in the early days, uh, we're going to go for the gold. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll accept the silver, mm-hmm. but we're out if we don't get the gold or the silver. That's it. That was his philosophy. And actually, Dara has the same philosophy. Either you get the gold or the silver. Either you Google or Yahoo. You know, you're either Facebook and in that, or that Snapchat. That market is a race the bottom. You have Amazon coming in there. You can see— The food delivery was making 2 or $3 per delivery mm-hmm. prior to DoorDash. And so what's happened is you give all these founders a bunch of money. They say, how many people can we get to install the mm-hmm. app? How many get people can we get to place an order? And they do some math. They call a CAC in the business, customer acquisition cost. And then they look at the LTV, lifetime value, and a bunch of wonks sit at a spreadsheet. And they just say, okay, over five years, we get this many people. The CAC is X. The LTV is Y. Let's figure out the ratio. And then we'll raise prices later. DoorDash has a couple of billion dollars, and they're losing a ton of money. They're racing towards the cliff. Lyft is almost out of money, right? And then Uber did the right thing, has, what, $11, 12000000000 in cash. Mm-hmm. So Uber has more than enough money. They've got enough money, I think, to go get to profitability four or five times over. Mm-hmm. Lyft and DoorDash do not, and the party's over. So the free money party's over, and now we will see the tide's going out. Everybody has to get is profitable. Is the free money party over? Oh, it's over. It's over. I don't think Masa's able to raise this next fund. Yeah. They had the activist Mitra, investor come on yeah. and say, hey, can you not burn all of the money at SoftBank on yeah, these and crazy investments? Yeah, their leaders are under siege for lots of behaviors and things like that. Yeah, and, and you know, when the money gets big, uh, people get egos. We, we both know the people involved in all of this. And mm-hmm. some people aren't centered. They're not self-possessed, right? And I always got that sense from you, and I think it's probably why we got along as journalists and, and writers and commentators is, you know, you got a certain foundation in life this stuff doesn't knock you off your center. Mm-hmm. And, I, and actually, to Professor Galloway's point, you know, if you he, he think his commentary on WeWork was exactly correct, you tell somebody they're Jesus at 30, like, they're going to believe you. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's a pretty, you know, one of his good quotes. All right, so Uber, you have not, no words. You think that no the worries. idea oh. that they are going to have, you know, enormous margin pressure and the growth will go down. It'll be fine. Because yeah. Lyft will be out and they'll own, what, the I, U.S.? They'll own— Yeah, they're going to own 1,000 markets, 2,000 markets. And mm-hmm. then if you just think about the adjacencies, Uber Eats will get to profitability as well, just like the ride-sharing business. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about Uber Pool and Lyft Line. Mm-hmm. I think those were great experiments. Right. But ultimately, they they might be mispriced. What about scooters and bikes? Now, I love their bikes. I love yeah. their jump bikes. Uh, you know, I think it's going to be very dependent by location mm-hmm. uh, and behavior. And it's just incredibly dangerous to do it in a city like San Francisco. Right. I don't know if you ride them here. I do not ride them. Here I ride it's them everywhere dangerous. else. I yeah. wouldn't ride them in New York. I don't ride them in New San York Francisco. and San Francisco. The you know the, the taxis and Uber drivers, Lyft drivers, it, and just space is too dangerous. In Santa right. Monica seems great. San Diego yeah. seems great. Arizona right. sure why not? Right. If there's a big sidewalk, the bikes are safer. And actually, San Francisco is a little safer because of the bike lanes. So the, the, the yeah, rock. I mean, I think that would be for both of us when we become mayor mm-hmm. uh, in subsequent terms. All bike lanes. Yeah, I think we just got to turn Mission or Van Ness or something into a permanent bike lane. Right. Because it's a perfect city to bike in. You right. just got to dedicate it. Certain parts of it, yeah. Certain parts. and But I think micromobility will be a free product mm-hmm. uh, ultimately. And we had some discussions about this early on with Uber of like, why don't we just make a subscription? If you take three Uber rides a month, 
all the bikes, all of the yeah. scooters are included. Mm-hmm. So I think Bird comes out of this. I think they make it out. I think nobody else makes it out. Really? Yeah, all I think Lime? Bird makes it out. Why does Bird make it out? I think Bird, if you look at the team behind it, David Sachs, Rulof Botha from Sequoia, David Sachs from Kraft, they've got a brain trust. Antonio Gracias from uh, Tesla, also an investor and on the board. I always look at that board composure. When you see that level of talent on a board, they're going to figure it out. They hmm. have big, deep pockets. They've got. I don't know. You know they've innovated enough. You don't see Bird bikes. Well, you don't see Bird. Bird came up with the. Um, they copied that other company in Santa Monica that was doing like the stand-up scooter, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where you don't need to like throw your leg over the bike. Right, and yeah. they made one of those. So purpose-built hardware yeah. is absurdly expensive. But it'll have better battery life, mm-hmm. and it will not break down in three months. So mm-hmm. they're all going to have purpose-built vehicles. And, you know, I think micromobility is a thing, mm-hmm. uh, but it's a thing that's part of a bigger thing. Oh, so, so Uber, a feature, like, like it's a feature of Uber. Prime or whatever. You just you get— It's a feature of Uber, yeah. It's a feature of Uber. Interesting. Yeah, it's a great feature because like you're going to get off at, you know, Caltrain's and right. then look at UberX pricing, Uber Pool pricing— the bike and the scooter and make a decision. And right. some people might not want to be on a scooter. Some people might not want to share a car because they're making a private call. Mm-hmm. And that really is the future of, I think, mobility. And Uber is, you know, despite some of the, the rough patches. Um, what about its recent deal with, uh, who did they just do a deal with? They did, with, they did a marketing, marketing deal marketing. to put ads. Right. So this is what happens when a company is forced to show profits. Everybody stops. They assess what's going on. They say, okay, what can we cut that's mm-hmm. burning money? And what can we add that's just pure profit? Mm-hmm. And I've had, you know, I invest in about, I did 80 investments last year in companies. Wow. When I We're started, yeah, people don't really know what I'm doing on an investment basis. But, you know, back in the day when I was a Sequoia Scout, I would do one a month. And mm-hmm. Thumbtack, Uber, and Datastacks were three of my first seven. They all turned into unicorns, one a decacorn. And... You know, when I talk to startups, there's a ton of people who wanted to do this advertising. And I always said, and they would always ask for an intro to Travis. And I was like, yeah, you know, if they're going to do this, I think they'll just do it themselves. Yeah. You might not want to meet them now because they don't really buy things at Uber. Mm -hmm. They kind of kill things and build them themselves. Not exactly who you want to show your deck to and be like, hey, can we build a partnership? So you are bullish on Uber. Uber will be great. Yeah, I think it's— Tesla. Take your little lap, your Tesla lap. Go ahead. Well, no, I mean, listen. For I, now. I am For not, now. No, here, here's the thing about Tesla. You know, betting against Elon Musk is a really bad idea. You have said this many times. Many times. I've been friends with Elon prior to him being in Tesla, <laughs> and he was an investor in Tesla. He had three or four different CEOs. Each one of them did worse, and he just said to me at one point, I, I got to go. I put all my money into this. <laughs> I'm worth zero. Uh, and he's been public about this, so I'm not speaking out of school, but he said, I have no choice but to, I said, why are you doing this? SpaceX mm-hmm. is your passion. Why would you do a second CEO? This is going to mm-hmm. kill you. Mm-hmm. And it has almost killed him. Like right. running both companies, SpaceX is a clear path to victory and mm-hmm. Tesla has been hard. I mean, car companies die. That's what they do. This The last successful car company or brand, I think was Jeep. You know, it's like mm-hmm. really hard to actually do. And he's done it. You just don't want to bet against somebody who, who can— So why this time? Because, you know, he has his ups and downs. Like, he does. you know, there's issues still around making them, making enough yeah. of them, servicing them. For sure. Uh, the battery life, everything else. There still continues to be challenges. The, the only leak in Elon's game is his ambition and his timelines. Mm-hmm. So the ambition is always so high and the timeline so aggressive— that he is typically, I think on the cars, he's always been a year late, 18 months late, two years late, mm-hmm. uh, self-driving, et cetera. But 
you know, he always winds up over-delivering. You look at that Model 3 and you talk to any customer. They're yes, delighted. I do love it. My brother owns one. And they will not shut up about it. And if you go to Thanksgiving you know, or Hanukkah, whatever your holiday is, and you got a Tesla person in the family, they're telling you what the last three yeah, updates were. Yeah, their complaints are often about service and replacement parts and things yeah. like things that you rely on in a yes. car. Yeah, and, and that goes to speed mm-hmm. and these crazy deadlines that he sets. And, you know, if you're going to be betting on a stock or you're going to be betting on a founder as an angel investor, a venture capitalist, or even a public market investor, you want that founder authority who's going to be ambitious. If you look at Apple, you know, Tim Cook has done a great job of managing the supply chain and optimizing, raising prices, and printing money. But, boy, if the best product they're going to come out with in a decade is AirPods, which is a great product, right. this company is in trouble. Ah, interesting. They need That's to a different come out. Take. Well, I mean, it, listen, where's it's, the big product? Where's where's the, the next big platform? And if you look at iPhones, mm-hmm. the, was, I think it's three years in a row the decline in the sale of them. The only thing that this year really was has better. the eleven was better. Yeah, the only thing that's gone up is the price and the margin. Mm-hmm. So if you're managing a business to print money, you would give you leave Tim Cook in. But if you're managing it for what the next platform is. He's sitting on hundreds of billions of dollars in cash, and he doesn't have the chutzpah to buy a Spotify, to buy a Tesla. What would you buy if you're then? Let's switch them very Well, quickly. I would have gone right to Tesla. That's mm-hmm. a no-brainer. Imagine a Model 3. Was, Scott was getting Peloton and things like that. That's a total no-brainer. I mean, if you think about any product that's exceptional hardware with a passionate user base with a high margin. Yeah. Tesla, Peloton, anything in that range. And headphones is one of those things, mm-hmm. right? The fact that they're charging for AirPods— what is it, 200, 300, yeah, yeah. 160 for the— two, I forget, I forget. It's a high, it's high. You can buy better AirPods on Amazon right now from all these other companies yeah, that— do. And they're 40, 50 bucks, yeah. and they're better. Right. But nobody buys them. I mean, right. maybe kids with Android phones Well, the integration them. is so good with the others. The Why? fact that you put them in and they just connect yeah. is like— Yeah, the integration's yeah. flawless. So they should just be—they should be putting that money to work. If that right. was Bezos and he had that chip stack, he would be putting it to work. If it was Zuckerberg— he would have bought Instagram, WhatsApp. You yeah. got to make some bold bets, and you know they Why still aren't have. They? I think that their culture, right? Culture matters. Culture was always build it here. Now, when Johnny Ive and uh, Steve Jobs are no longer in the building, the culture of build it here is probably a mistake. What got them here is not going to get them there, in my mind. Interesting. If you're Tim Cook and you're a master of supply chain and raising prices and incremental improvement to the phones, sure, you know he doesn't want to lose his job. Right. Yeah. And that's the difference between a hired CEO and a founder well, CEO. Well, it's interesting. Though, look at Bob Iger. Did so many acquisitions. We'll get to him in a second. But oh, he did so a ton good. of yum, acquisitions. Yum. Yeah. A ton, a ton of acquisitions. All right. So finishing up on Tesla, and then we'll talk more in the next part. What happens next for them? And you know, add SpaceX in and yeah. his, his uh, various Hyperloop and yeah. tunnel digging efforts. Yeah. So, and I'm, I'm not a shareholder in any of the companies, so just to be clear. Uh, but I am good friends with Elon SpaceX, I think the the rockets uh, with the with the little microsatellites is a really interesting opportunity. Mm-hmm. It's unknown what uh, internet low Earth orbit satellites will, what the market for those will be. But what they are is basically briefcase size satellites mm-hmm. that are low Earth orbit. They're very close. So when you think about the other satellite internet that you use, that some Airbnb in the middle of America or they're using mm-hmm. in the outback, those have really Big lag time. You can't watch movies. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's all really laggy. If you make the satellites closer to Earth, you close the aperture, but you increase the speed because the time it takes to get up and down is a fraction. Uh, so they're, But you have to put up thousands of them to blanket as opposed to what Hughes or these other services, they'd have 10 or 20 of them, but they'd be really wide, very far out. Um, so that's going to be interesting because there, there's another billion or two billion people who might get caught up in the Internet, and that mm-hmm. will be wind in everybody's cells. That'll just be right. sort of like mobile did to the Internet. 
low Earth orbit satellites going to do to hmm. you know the internet community as mm-hmm. well? So mm-hmm. we nobody anticipated that. Well, you know, Jerry Yang was talking about this a long time ago. Yeah, he, he few was, people. I think five years ago he was talking about yeah. this and was investing, doing making investments in yeah. this area. But it's difficult. It's yeah. Difficult. So anyway, uh, you know, it would be great. My wish would be to see Apple buy Tesla and put a Model Three in every and a Powerwall in every Apple store. Mm-hmm. That would be. The huge win for society never will happen. Oh, would he sell it? I th- Maybe. would he sell it? Yeah. I I always thought I that the right step off moment, if it was me, not Elon, yeah. would be at the Model Three. Right. I felt the Model Three was the drop the microphone moment. Fifty k mm-hmm. car that goes three hundred miles. Got that truck thing going on. He's but the but the mass market car was the drop the microphone moment, mm-hmm. and it could actually go down in price even more with the Chinese factory, mm-hmm. um, which was put up in record time. The other mic drop moment could be um, the self-driving. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I use the self-driving every day, mm-hmm. and it works. Right. And it's 70% of the way there. Now, the last 30% is, is. going to be the hardest. Yeah. Yep. And so I don't see it happening in San Francisco uh, without a steering wheel or New York City without a steering wheel, which is what you need to really talk right. about full self-driving. Um, is to get rid of the steering wheel. You don't have to even— And a cogent infrastructure plan to put sensors and roads and everything else that's needed. This is why we'll see it in China uh, first. We might see it in a city with a perfect grid system like Arizona where they're testing Mm it. Uh, You know, somewhere like that where you can actually pen the humans in. That's what's going to happen in China first or or maybe Singapore. You know, if you've ever been in New York and you've been in Rock Center, they put those fences so the tourists Mm -hmm. don't walk into traffic and get killed by buses. Mm -hmm. And they make them go to the corner to cross so they don't just drift. Right. Imagine if a city had those fences and, you know, uh, bridges over— And then could force build. Yeah, you can't make it. New York people do anything. Right. Even so there, they jump over those They jump—yeah, like once in a while you see somebody <laughs> jump the fence and you're like, okay, really? But if you go to Hong Kong, yeah. um, you know, everything is sky bridges. So if you want to cross the street in Hong Kong, you're going up yep. and, you know, know, stairs and go there. across. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Uh, so, yeah, Tesla is just a company for the ages. All Uber, right. But all he will companies. not, you think he would sell it? He would sell it. To, and Apple's really the only the problem buyer. Who's right the other now, buyer? Amazon? Uh, yeah, I mean, Amazon and, um, you know, Google. Google wanted it at some point. You know, I, They're not going to do that now. They were so close. They're yeah. not going to do that now. They were very close. Never going to do it now. It, it, you know, you got to think it through because uh, for Amazon or Google or Apple to own Tesla, would transform their businesses and would get them to that, like, next trillion. All right. Okay. That's you know. a really good one. All right. We're here with Jason Calacanis. He's obviously doesn't need no introduction. I just call him a pain in the ass. And when we get back, we're going to talk about uh, the big companies, the big tech companies, and we're going to end eventually on late-stage journalism, which I'm very curious what the hell he means by that. <laughs> we'll be back after this. <laughs> hey, it's Tom Warren, senior editor at The Verge here. Microsoft is in an era-defining moment. It's betting on AI as the future of work, its Xbox business is going through transformational changes, and the Mac versus PC war is about to be back on. So I'm launching a newsletter called Notepad. It'll be your inside guide to all those changes and beyond, from details on the next Xbox to that one time every Microsoft employee named Michael appeared on a mysterious email list. Whatever is happening at Microsoft, you'll be able to read about it first in Notepad every Thursday. Go subscribe now at theverge.com All right, we're here again with Jason. Obviously, he is such a shy and retiring type. He has nothing (laughs) to say. So we just covered Tesla and Apple. Apple stuff was super interesting. So let's go to the other big companies. Mm. Like, how do you look? We're going to get to TechLash in a second, but let's talk about where you see each of the big companies and the regulatory environment. Okay. Um, So Google. Yeah, so 
It's fascinating that Larry and Sergey have, like, not spoken publicly with the exception of Sergey at Recode. What, mm-hmm. three, four years ago he did yeah. that with you? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're running the company. They have mm-hmm. all the voting shares, but they don't talk about what they're doing. They put Sundar in there. Mm-hmm. I think that if it was split up, YouTube as its own company mm-hmm. uh, would be a juggernaut. Has been talked about. And it's been talked about. And Susan Wojcicki would be a perfect CEO for it. She's obviously proven she, she is. The C- she actually, they gave her the CEO right, title. Right, they gave the CEO title, which I thought was a bit of a tell, like maybe they are going to spin it out. No, I think she was going to leave. She was going to leave. and she, Oh, very nice. That's what yeah. they do. They did it at Amazon. They do it everywhere. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, I think they learned their lesson after Cheryl left. Mm-hmm. They were like, yeah, you can't be on the board. We're going to give you this like minor title and, mm-hmm. you know, your arm's length. And then she's like, oh, really? Am I? Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bye. We'll get to Cheryl in a second. Um, but go, so so Google, what do they what do, they do under Sundar? You think that Larry and Sergey are still running the show secretly? Of course. Of course. I don't yeah. think so. I, I, yeah, I mean, they're not going to make the tactical decisions, but they're going to make the big picture decisions. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they have all the super voting shares, et cetera. Selfishly, as an early stage investor, it would be great for me if these companies got broken up a bit. Mm-hmm. So if Google was three companies, you could put Android over here, you could put Search over here, you, you, you put YouTube. maybe the hardware and YouTube. Yeah. It, this, you know, any number of possibilities. YouTube's the obvious one to lop off. It's its own thing. That would be great for me because then there would be more buyers in the market. There would be more competition. Right. And obviously, Facebook's the obvious one to break up right. uh, because of their bad behavior. Google's a little bit harder because their behavior uh, is so—they don't apologize for their behavior. Mm-hmm. In fact, they don't talk. That's their right. philosophy. Yeah. And it's always been their philosophy. Nobody's in charge here. We've got the most brilliant people in the world. But if you want to get an answer, there's nobody who can give you an answer here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they just— you know, make it very opaque, as opposed to Facebook, which is on the constant apology tour and constantly contorting themselves to say it's not our fault. Well, they're and we're now sorry. They, they they move from apology to so what. Now so they're what? now they're the loud so what. Yeah, now they're going Trump. They're going right, full they're Trump. Going like brazen, and yeah. it's like it's not going to work either. It's yeah, not that's work. not going to work either. I mean, I think your behavior just has to improve. I mean, maybe self reflection would be no. what some of these companies need to do. Jason, they're vampires. There's they, they look in a mirror, they see nothing. There's no uh, well, reflection. I, my personal theory is that the tech backlash, which will dovetail with the, mm-hmm. the next segment, was started because Facebook's behavior was so bad, mm-hmm. and they were so unrepented about it, and they were just like move fast and break things, mm-hmm. and it got so big that they broke. Democracy, they broke privacy. They just broke too much stuff. Right. And, you know, I, I just think Zuckerberg's a bad actor. All period. Right. All right. I've always thought he's You've a bad actor. Said that. You've always said and that. I, I was out 14 years ago getting barbecued. People tried to end my career. I uh-huh. had literally an LP in the top venture f- capital firm in the world. Like an LP tried to get me canceled mm-hmm. in, you know, the early part of my career because I was so anti Facebook. Mm-hmm. And, um, so let's would, move to them. So Google's going to be quietly off in the background, may may have to break up, and you be, would like that. Uh, it would be good for me, selfishly, as an angel, mm-hmm. because it would make the market more vibrant. I am concerned on a global basis that China has picked oh, their winners. This is a China thing. Well, Eric China, Schmidt just had a big old. China's so scary. That's their stupid excuse all the time. Well, why not have a lot of great companies? Why not win by innovation? And you can't innovate with all these giant companies uh, the, sitting well, on top of everything. These companies are not resting on their laurels, so they're pretty innovative. Mm-hmm. Um, and, they, and they're really good at buying big things mm-hmm. before they kill them, um, like YouTube could have or right. uh, Instagram obviously did uh, kill Facebook. So, But China is putting their thumbs on the scales. We're not banning Chinese companies. We should be banning TikTok in this country. We should not allow that banning product. TikTok. It should not be allowed here, period. Until Google You know, and they're Facebook thinking of creating just a U.S. division that spins off. Still should not be allowed. What if it spins off? It's a U.S. owned. I would still not trust it. Right. The, the, the Xi Jinping and, you know, the, the, the government over there is in—they're picking the winners— 
they have access to all the data, I am certain. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we have ac- we have data issues with our government, oh, yeah. right. which is a, you know, a, a high-functioning democracy even in this chaotic moment. It's still a high-functioning democracy with checks and balances, even if they're broken on the margins. China is explicitly saying TikTok wins, Alibaba wins, here are the winners, mm-hmm. and we have access to all the data, and we, we have a horse race. All right, race. so you think not breaking up beca- in order to protect us from China is a good argument? Well, that's they're the, going to compete. That is Mark's argument. That's Eric Schmidt's argument. We are competing against those companies on a global mm-hmm. stage. So if we are going to break ours up, we need to really put the screws to those companies and say, you're not participating so in our time. market. At the same time, say, you're not participating in our market unless we participate in yours. It I has see. to be reciprocal. Oh, I like that And idea. we can't... If we put Google there and if we put Chrome there, if we put Android there, whatever we put there, you know, Facebook, Instagram, we're not giving you the dissidents as so you can go re-educate yeah. them, period. Mm-hmm. And that's what a great leader of this country would do if we had a proper leadership in this country. And this is why leadership does matter. This is why the election matters. I've never delved in politics, but I got a Mike Bloomberg um, or get to him. Uh, you know, pen on. And I'm a little bit more involved here because we have to stop Trump because we need leadership against authoritarian regimes, not cozying up to them. And we have to put our foot down and say, yeah. human rights is table stakes. Human it rights is, is what this is about. our companies and cozies up to theirs, although he's pretty uh, hostile to China. Well, what happened to us caring about human rights? Right. What happened to us being the shining beacon of the world? You know, Eleanor Roosevelt created the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. We got everybody to adopt it. You know, or most countries to adopt it. And, you know, we break some of the rules. We have the death penalty. We've got, you know, we tortured people, uh, sadly, with waterboarding. We make mistakes. We're not perfect. But we were trying to be better. We were trying to be, Mm. you know— a leader in this respect. And now, you know, you got Trump who's like, let's beat people up, you know? Yeah. Well, although I'm sure a lot of everybody agrees with you on how it was before. I don't think for a lot of people it was. And then we'll get to Harvey Weinstein in a second. Oh, yeah. that. Oh, yeah. um, but but oh, so yeah. breaking up Facebook would look how? You, you think some of these should be? It's kind of hard to go backwards. The, if you have to, yeah. if, you, if you balance it with the Chinese policy. That's one thing. And then okay. I think you're going to have to have a carrot stick kind of approach. So if... Uh, you know, you're going to break up Facebook, maybe you have to say to them, listen, you have to provide a paid option and an Mm -hmm. opt-out option. If you provide the opt-out option, which is what I told them to do, I modeled it, I wrote blog posts about it, they ignored it. It's very simple. If they want to take all the pressure off, you wake up tomorrow, you log into Facebook or Instagram, it says, click here to subscribe for 10 bucks a month. Mm -hmm. We will not track anything and show you no ads. They could do that tomorrow. They refuse to do it. That tells you about their intent. If Mm -hmm. they did that, then every person who opened up Instagram or Facebook would be making a conscious decision. Yeah, I have to say this. I, I don't use am, it as much. Right, exactly. I don't want to be tracked as well. Although way. many people don't think like us. Like, they, they don't mind being tracked. They're sort of cheap dates. They, like, get a map or some photograph or some and that would social be, acceptance. But why not let people make the choice? Then you right. have the high ground. And right. then, okay, well, don't break this up. they're assuming people are lazy and they don't do any. And these products are good enough that people yeah. will make the cheap trade is what they're doing. People, Which is Consumers fine. are making cheap and trades. And if people want to make that cheap trade and they understand it. Right. And they understand their option. All right, Amazon. You know, it's incredible what they've done for society. I would like to see them be a better leader in terms of the environment mm-hmm. uh, and in terms of billion. how they pay people. I think Jeff is obviously one of the most brilliant leaders of our time, but he also has a blind spot. Uh, you know, I always look at these folks and I find the leaks in their game. And, you know, if I'm friends with them, I'll talk to him about the leak. The mm-hmm. leak in Jeff's game, I'm not friends with him, um, is that he continues to grind people 
and grind situations for optimization when he does not need to. Mm. The two examples that come I to mind. Agree. He's very ungenerous. It's, it's, he, he comes he's, across. Oh, people don't realize that because he has that maniacal laugh and he seems rather yeah. friendly, but he's somewhat ungenerous. You know, at one point, somebody pulled me aside and said, listen, schmuck, you made it. You, mm-hmm. you don't have to be a sharp elbowed. And mm-hmm. that was the leak in my game. It was a little too sharp elbowed at times, maybe, you know, creating a little too many fights. Yeah, you try to top people all the time. Well, whatever. I'm just kind of like, you know, Topper. I, I, I like to rebound. I grab the rebound. I okay. swing my elbows. I clear <laughs> right. out. All right. You okay. know, all just right. a little aggressive on the boards. But with him, the problem was, you know, he's trying to grind people who are making $12 an hour in a factory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You could be generous to them, you know. And then you look at what they did with the, the search for the second city. They knew that they were going to put it where his homes were, D.C. Yeah. and New York. And, I, you know, I commented on it a whole bunch. I said, you know, listen, if he does this in Detroit or he does it in Pittsburgh, it, you know, this could be incredible. This, this would be Galloway, right? what an amazing moment right. for society well, if a leader said, you know what, I'm going to take a city that's down on its luck and I'm going to put 1,000 or 5,000 or 10,000 mm-hmm. jobs in. And what does he do? He tortures those cities, yeah. tries to grind them to get a tax yeah. break he doesn't need. Uh, and I don't mind tax breaks on the margins, but it's his approach. And those two approaches were stupid. Then he doesn't take the giving pledge. He doesn't – he becomes the richest man in the world. Like, by the way, when you're the richest man in the world, what did the last richest man in the world do? He said, I'm giving all my money away. They mm-hmm. created the giving pledge. And then he said, I'm going to go after abject poverty. I'm not going to give people internet connections. And abject poverty, because of Bill and Melinda Gates, has gone yes. – it's going to be gone in our lifetime. The mm-hmm. idea that people live on a dollar a day and don't have running water or medicine is going to go away thanks to those two individuals – and, you know, Bezos just, yeah, you know, buys a $160 million house. People are – he's doing this, you know, H2 Fakaka program to grind mm-hmm. people. Too much grinding, Too not much enough grinding. generosity. What do you think of his $10 billion climate change? I think it's an exact reaction to having a target on your back. Right. When right. you're the richest person on the planet, you get a target on your back, everybody hates you. Mm-hmm. So you got to start doing some things. And I thought that was great. Of course, Anand, mm-hmm. it's not enough for Anand him. Anand Giergardos. I, I, would agree, I would agree to the point is like— It's never enough for that kid. Yeah. Great hair. <laughs> he has great hair. Great hair. Okay. But I mean, I am what with him shit. on the fact that taxing has to be better for this guy or anybody else. And why does he get to set the agendas for the rest of the world? That is a very fair question. Yeah, I know what. Go work hard. Make a bunch of money. Run for office. As if giving money away is the only way to change the world. Right. Most of the world change has happened through politics and through writing and art and thought. I thought doesn't want to eat the billionaires. He just wants to cancel billionaires, just like the socialist Bernie Sanders. Uh, the social, okay, all right. Communist socialist all right. Bernie so Sanders. So what's going to happen to Amazon? Will they get broken up? You think he, he's got, you know, an enemy in Trump, which makes him the friend of my, you know, enemies, yeah. my well, friend. Well, that was the Washington, what do you think of the Washington Post purchase? I thought I that think, was like an escalation yeah. that showed Bezos don't well, this care. Was pre, this was pre-Trump. He bought it. But he knew that owning a newspaper, just yes. like when Bill Gates did MSNBC, yeah. when you— Decide to be in the news. I have a lot of problems with Jeff Bezos, but I thought, I think he's handling the post purchase rather well. I think he stays I, out of it, right? That's what does, I understand. Well, I think less than Gives people them. think, but I think he's quite, I think he's a good owner. I think they, here's budget. Know, I think Make he's a work. good owner. And, yeah. I, and I have not heard, uh, you know, I, 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 I monitor a lot because I have a lot of mm-hmm. friends there. I think he's a good owner. And what's the difference between him and Rupert Murdoch? You know what I mean? Like but does he dip better. down? Does he dip down no, and like say, hey? No, Because no. Rupert Murdoch dips down. He totally dips down. He dips down. He he's like, call hey. me. He used yeah. to call, yes. Of course he calls. He didn't pressure, but he called. Like, does that make sense? Right. Which is the English or subtle way of like yeah, pressure. He's so subtle. Kara, he's as subtle as How him. are you doing? I read your piece today. No, no. Hmm. He, well, if he's going to influence me in any way. He was, at the time, he was mad at Yahoo. Who knows? Yeah. Who cares? It didn't work. Um, so Amazon gets broken up? Yes, no? I, I, 
I, I think, think so. likely case is they spin out AWS because it makes the most financial Which sense to do. they said they aren't, including the CEO of that yeah. company. So, I mean, here's the thing. The stick is we break you up, and the carrot is behave better to the people who are the weakest in the ecosystem. Mm-hmm. So this is what I think, you know, I'm obviously against socialism and communism. I'm obviously pro-entrepreneurship. I think capitalism and entrepreneurship is the best operating system to run humanity. Mm -hmm. I believe that hands down. I understand why people hate it right now. I understand why people think that the system is rigged. And it's the responsibility of the people who have benefited the most to stop grinding the people who have the least. Yeah. That's the solution here. Mm-hmm. Compassionate so, capitalism. Cap- oh, you and Mark Benioff. That's you and Mark Benioff. Well, he's not, Benioff's not wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a little bit of pulling the ladder up behind you like, oh, I made all my money, mm-hmm. you know, and now everybody has to behave themselves. Like, there's a little bit of that going on, which mm-hmm. is, you know, funny. You know, these people did not behave that way to get where they are. Right, they were cutthroat right. to get where they are. right. But we have to stop grinding people on the margins, and we have to be generous in solving problems. That's why, why I'm for they? universal health care. Why, why aren't they? Um, I think that they're— They're victim now. I, all I hear is victim If I hear, Kara, you're so mean, I'm going to hit the actually hit them. And it's so kind I, of your redeeming quality. No, but it's like I'm not mean. I'm telling you things you need to I hear. think you're candid. Candid. And, candid, you know, I think people right. take candid. your— they take your candidness for meanness. It's meant to be a discussion. That's because I'm a woman, look at, in case you're interested. There's a little ahead. bit of that, yeah. for sure, yeah. But— the discussion we're having right now, uh-huh. you and I can disagree with each other. Right. I could be pro-capitalist. You could be maybe leaning a little socialist. I don't know. I am not a socialist. Maybe you're a little. Maybe. I like – look, parts of socialism are great. Yeah. It's not grinding people. It's like That's saying the problem. we need universal health care. We need yes. – the people live on the streets. It's wrong. We have to do something about it. That, 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 it's the uncaring capitalism. The, there's a broken da- – the, the dialogue has broken down. Mm-hmm. I think this is why podcasting is surging. Mm-hmm. You and I made our bones writing words. Now we're doing – having 10 times the influence by talking into microphones. Right. Why? It's because writing versus talking about this, we can actually have nuance in this discussion. On Twitter, we're going to dunk on each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my mob, your mob, professors, uh, no skin in the games mob. Everyone's going to get their mob to, mm-hmm. you know, layer on. Bernie bros, Trump, you know, trolls, whatever it is. But when you talk for an hour— yeah. Man, All right, well, let's get, get into nuance, late stage. Right? We have a, got about six minutes here. Jur- yeah. Late stage journalism. So the tech lash has happened. Sure. Much of it fair, as far as I'm concerned. It has gone overboard. Okay, so but we agree on that. Yeah. Yes, yes, because I don't think people are doing the actual reporting. Um, yes. But I just think dunking. Uh, they're just dunking, and it's. Uh, but at some points, you know, there's so much material to dunk on. There's so right. much behavior, and the reaction yes. has been bad from tech who feel under siege. Yeah. Um, and they're dunking back. And we have more. They are, but they're not as good at it. But Well, but we also have more followers than a lot of y'all. Yeah. And yeah. I've been on both sides of this. And so what I think journalists have to do here, late-stage journalism is what I'm calling it. Okay. Just like people call late-stage, you know, non wants to call it late-stage capitalism. Mm-hmm. Like, this is capitalism's going to end. No, mm-hmm. it's not. Spoiler okay. alert. Right. And journalism's not going to end. But we are in a late-stage journalism where journalism, you know, I think— has become opinionated, right? Mm-hmm. Fox made the liberals right. take a side. So mm-hmm. New York Times has gone full liberal. Like, you look at the editorial page. You mm-hmm. look at who they're picking. It's, mm-hmm. like, very woke. It's very left. Mm-hmm. And it's not down the middle anymore. Uh, like, it used to be CNN picked a side, right, because they were down the middle, and they watched MSNBC and Fox beat them. So they said, we got to pick a side. So there's pick-a-side journalism. There's clickbaiting. There's content farming. And it's just too hard to make money, and there's no resources. So what do people do? We both watched it happen. People are pro- Programming for clicks. And that, is not, that is a little bit. I, no, I have never been in a room where people say they program. I think people have brought in, look, uh, when we did All Things D, we decided to do 
heavy-duty reporting, but then analysis of it, like right. at, at, based on the reporting. Yeah, and it I was, mean, it, so we had a point of view. Point of view is or smart, fun. smart uh, and, analysis. Yeah, and I don't think that's like if you look at Recode or the information, that's distinctly different than mm-hmm. I think Vox and some of the other publications, Matchable, okay. whatever. But you know, the, the the issue is when you're on the other side, mm-hmm. and I have empathy for both sides because I've been on both sides. Mm-hmm. I have empathy for the under-resourced journalist who is having their performance tracked based on the views of their uh, work. Mm -hmm. That happens in all these organizations now. They're looking at how many pages you get. Your compensation is based upon your follower account on Twitter. Your compensation is based on how many people view your stuff. It's become a performance-based, not a, you know— Quality. Yeah, it's just it's not based on that anymore. It used to be assigned, and the person doing local news was as important as the national news person. They were equally respected. Now the person with the most views, the most followers, gets the best job, right? Mm-hmm. So they don't see what's—and so I have sympathy for that. And they don't have fact checkers, and they, they're under—they have to file three times a day or four times mm-hmm. a day at TechCrunch. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe information files twice a week, recode files three times a week, four mm-hmm. times a week you're expected. Mm-hmm. So they don't have the time to do what you and I did growing up, which was— we would meet people. We'd have lunch with them. We'd talk to them. We'd make five phone calls. You would call me out of the blue. We would just work sources. And eventually we had really what we think is the closest approximation of the truth that we can get to, right? Right, right. You're right. And, and that's a good way to put it. Yeah. It's always the closest. It's we're, never we're, correct. It's Rashomon. Like right. you, there's three or four different versions of the truth depending on where you're yes, sitting. There are. Now you put yourself on the side of the subjects. Mm-hmm. My experience for the last three years has been nine out of ten, 9.5 out of 10 stories are just anti and you can tell that you're being set up and you can tell, you know, I went into an NPR for my book and then they just started asking me about Susan Fowler, you know, mm-hmm. and they started asking me about all the stuff. And I'm like, it's, that's fine. It's on the table. But you invited me here to talk about my book. Mm-hmm. And so do you want to talk about my book or do you want me to be Uber's representative because you can't get somebody? I, I'm not on the board of Uber. I, mm-hmm. I'm a tiny shareholder with right. f- a fraction of a percent of the company. Like, mm-hmm. I don't speak for them and I will not speak for them. I'll tell you about when I invested, but that's it. Mm-hmm. And so you're just constantly under this assault of journalists trying to dunk on you and writing slam pieces. And then I always respond the same way, which is I say, Teddy, you know, whoever it is, contact me. I have four companies that I've invested in the last two years that are going to change the world. Would you like to profile one of them? Would you like to meet the founder? You you, you can make your own choice, obviously, but would you like to meet the founder? Like, yeah, but I want to write this dunk story, and it's just exhausting for us, and that's why we create our own media now. at the same time, you guys had, like, those stories were sort of baked. Look, so many of the companies are gone, and they were bullshit. They were, you know what I mean? Like, so, like, talking about when you had the change the world thing, I agree. I'm always going to visit. I'm going to visit a company this afternoon. I want to see. It's a new autonomous car company. Right. I'm going to see it. I want to see how it's doing, and I want to examine it. But I don't think that people are not interested. I think there was a period of fanboyism that went on forever. Yeah. And this is not that. It's not that. I mean, when we grew up in the industry, it was all this, like, fanboy stuff. I mean, the way the industry was constructed was, like— Everything is up and to the right. Yeah, and it was a bunch of nerds making stuff, and then a bunch of PR people from Wagner Entrim who were 22-year-old, you know, female college graduates flirting with a bunch of journalists to try to, like, work both sides of the story. It was, like—it was weird. So what has to happen now? I think there has to be more balance, Mm -hmm. and I think that's why podcasting is emerging. And so if you look, the same subjects are embracing podcasting but refusing to talk to journalists. I tell mm-hmm. all of my founders, do not talk to a journalist on the phone. You will be misquoted. It will not go well. I know you said this. And I, you this know what? And I still true. believe it because I, I think, think until we tip over from the narrative being by default negative mm-hmm. to neutral, I just want to be neutral. All right. In some cases, it doesn't deserve neutral. We work didn't deserve of course, neutral. You can, right. read a, you can read an S1. Right. You can, so this is all about balance. And, and, and 
by the way, this is on the backdrop of these companies changed the world and got big. Mm -hmm. So we can't complain that we all got rich and it got big and it's changed the world. That's what we mm -hmm. wanted to do. So with great power comes great responsibility, which is why we're talking about mm -hmm. Bezos and Zuckerberg and what they could do better. That, so that's fair game. You know, you don't get to make $50 billion, $100 billion and not answer to anybody. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was what which people Which they thought. don't, which they don't have. Well, they're starting to. I mean, the fact that they can't go to certain countries or they'll be arrested right. or, you know, detained. Right. Other countries, not Other countries, one. There's right? no regulation here. There's no— there, well, it's, it's coming. I mean, it's I think coming, some of the— It's coming. It's not here. Is some of the privacy stuff is actually having an impact, right? Yes. Yeah. Eventually. When, once the laws are in place, it'll yeah. be a lot it better. It takes a little time. And I, right. also, I think the, the bad press has led them to— not enjoy their lives. Yeah. And I think that that, yes, that, that interpersonal thing where Zuckerberg goes out in public and it's like, oh, Zuckerberg. Like to right. be hated and mocked on television I think is probably even worse. Yeah, he doesn't like that. I remember when that movie came out. We had a discussion about well, that. Well, yeah, and then also being mocked on Saturday Night Live as being like having Asperger's and mm -hmm. being like a robot. Like, yeah. I mean, they're really going hard at him. Yeah. And if he just showed an ounce of uh, you know, remorse or I could do better. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was authentic, not, yeah. you know, inauthentic, which is how it comes off and, you know, that he doesn't answer to anybody. I think the narrative could, could change. So th there's behavior that needs to change on yeah, both sides. Yeah, look at Gates, dude. Gates certainly turned it around for himself. For sure. I mean, he was hated to the point at which, you remember the time the guy slammed the pie in his face, the absurdist? Yeah. Yes. I mean, I thought that was like a very tragic moment because— you know, that's how people get assassinated. Yeah. It's like yes. people think they can get to somebody and now, you know, oh, I think I can put a pie in their face and now we're escalating. Right. And we're escalating physical violence. This is what makes me very nervous about Donald Trump, to mm -hmm. be honest, when he's always talking this violent rhetoric and, you know, Adam Schiff's going to be taken out or Hillary's going to yeah. be taken out. Be careful, Donald Trump, because that could blow back on you, be too. Be careful, Donald Trump. You're well, there's right. there's crazy people One, on all sides. 100%. All right. When we get back, we're going to talk about politics and then finish up with Jason talking about some of the areas and startups he thinks are interesting. I will give him a chance. I'd love oh. to hear about your life-changing. Okay, all right. two or three. We're here with Jason Calacanis, who has a few things to say. We're here with Jason Calacanis. Uh, we're talking about a lot of things. We're covering a lot of things very quickly. But let's get into politics. You said it very quickly. I'm not going to spend too much time on it. Yeah. But you're backing Mike Bloomberg. Kind of a disastrous rollout of Mike Bloomberg. I just want to say right now, Professor Galloway is updating his LinkedIn, right. updating his resume. He may think that maybe I'm going to displace him. You know, when he goes on vacation or he ever right. gets a little frisky, right. I'll come in just to All troll right. him. But you both agree that Michael Bloomberg is the right choice. There's an essential okay. agreement. I, I know Mike. I used to do Bloomberg. I would see him in the mornings. Right. And he was always like a great mentor to me. And he did a great job as mayor. Mm -hmm. Obviously, mistakes were made. Stop, question, frisk being the number one one probably, didn't have a great first debate performance. But we have to get Trump out. Mm -hmm. This is an existential risk for democracy, humanity. Okay. Um, we have to get him out. Um, now, I, I know people don't want a socialist. If it comes down to it and it's Bernie, it's going to be a very difficult choice for a lot of people here in Silicon Valley mm -hmm. to bite the bullet and bite uh, and vote for somebody who, let's face it, is a, a socialist slash you know, made a lot of trips to communist countries, mm -hmm. and, you know, maybe he's become less communist and socialist in his approach, but he spent a lot of time, you know, being a fan of Fidel Castro. Time, and, Donald Trump could be a Russian asset. <laughs> well, could. I <laughs> yeah, mean, I think yeah. it probably is. Right, yeah. When, when all that, what is it, Deutsche Bank, all those loans yeah. come out, it's going to be pretty gnarly. A different gnarly. kind, an asset, I would say, not, a, not an a believer. Asset, not a believer, right? And so these are two horrible choices, I think, for mm -hmm. most people in America to make. I would love to see Bloomberg and Amy or Kamala uh, or, you know, some very strong, powerful woman. Um, I think it's time we had a woman president. I voted with my daughter for Hillary. We went together. We're both devastated by mm -hmm. that loss. I think she would have been a tremendous president. Um, I think Bloomberg's got the best shot of winning. Mm -hmm. I think he's the most qualified. 
if he doesn't get it, I'm going with anybody who's not Trump. Right. I mean, that, that's my personal feeling is All we right. have to get Trump But out. what what does Bloomberg have to do? Because he is sort of a favored candidate of Silicon Valley, I would say, if I had to pick. There's there's yeah. a lot of Bernie bros down in the lower sections. We've got a lot of Bernies. A lot of Bernies. Um, yeah. No Elizabeth Warrens, I would say, uh, who, yeah. who has who they react badly to Elizabeth Warren, and she was super aggressive on tech for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think she if if your starting salvo is we got to break up tech, not like hey we should talk about what is a well, vibrant I think that was competitive a technique. She was going to come to the middle. I think that was just, yeah maybe. Yeah. I, I mean Warren is just a perfect running mate for Bernie, right? They right. kind of have the same positions on everything. She mm-hmm. just has had less time to build her base, right? right. She's right. coming, right. whatever, a decade after he's built this huge base. Right. So I think that's why she's not winning. If Bernie wasn't in, I think she would she's be— She's also more competent. She's done more things. I mean, she's she gets yeah. things done. Yeah. Right. Um, it's interesting. Uh, I, I mean, who do you like? I don't know. I like them all. I said they have Frankenstein. If I could put pieces of them together, I love Elizabeth Warren for her lack of corruption, her smarts. She's so yeah. smart. And you can see you can she, tell. she's dogged. Like, she, she'd make a very good entrepreneur. She just is like— Absolutely. She's just like, yeah, she no, grinds at the fuck gonna out. She's going to grind at the fuck out. Yeah, so for I like sure. her. She's I a like, uh, I, liked, uh, I like parts of Bloomberg. I, li- I hate yeah. parts of him. What I, do you hate? I'm curious. The stop and frisk thing and his inability to talk about it in any way. Yeah. That's, I, he still hasn't given a good I, answer. I don't understand why he can't give the perfect answers. I mean, if I was his— um, The sexist stuff is just—he's from a different era. I think well, I think that's the point. I think yeah. the way to handle the sexist thing—well, let, let me handle stop, okay. question, and frisk. People leave out the question. Right. I was in New York at that time. I lived there at that time. My brother was a police officer right before that time and then became a firefighter. My uncle, cousin, best friend growing up, all cops. Mm-hmm. At that time in New York, there was a gun problem, and 70, 80 percent of the city, including African-Americans and uh, underrepresented group, it was just universally people wanted people stopped mm-hmm. and frisked. Mm-hmm. So it was very much like post-9-11 era where, yeah, tap all the wires. We can't have another terrorist attack. So when people feel scared, mm-hmm. they give up civil liberties. I mean, it's just a direct correlation. I mean, they make movies about it. Like, literally, Star Wars is about, like, giving up civil liberties to mm-hmm. the emperor because people are scared of a war. This is what people do when they're scared. And I think that's what he should say is, listen, in New York City, everybody was scared. It was a really dangerous time. And we did something that was uh, too aggressive. In hindsight, even though everybody was in favor of it, everybody was wrong. And I think it's uh, something that we should be vigilant about. After 9-11, we wanted to tap everybody's phones. And we wanted to waterboard he's, people. He can't seem to articulate it in any way because he looks yeah. like he's annoyed. He's like— he, Well, he's that got, is a he's problem. Got the, he's got the annoyed face, the annoyed billionaire face. He's like, why are face. you questioning me because right. I did—I I am so qualified. And these, yeah. I'm more qualified than anyone on the stage. So worries, why are you questioning me? It worries me, me about him politically because in the case of the women stuff, he could have gone, you know what, I'm letting them all out in NDAs, and it's bad. Let me just say, yeah, it's uh, By bad. the way, spoiler alert— in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, right. it was a disaster on right. Wall Street. He should Drugs, just say that. sex, he should it just was say, chaos. He should just say it's bad and you're going to hate me for a lot of it and I'm and, sorry. And we had 50,000 employees and everybody was behaving in a way that is completely non-standard with today's standards. In 2020, how we behave is the opposite of of 1985 or 90. I find it fascinating. And I'm not allowed to let them out of their NDAs, but if they want to be out of their NDAs, I will support it. Yes. It's a perfect, easy answer. Yeah. And everybody knows that. You and I grew up in a time where what was standard behavior at CES or any other event was different. People used to go drinking and these, like, I mean, that was one of the things I think that sank WeWork is Mm -hmm. they kind of didn't delineate between private behavior and personal. And Uber, yeah, going to Vegas is... Right. I, I mean, this is what I do now. I counsel young entrepreneurs Don't go that away. when 
Everybody goes out drinking. That's when you go home and go to bed. Mm-hmm. That's your job as the CEO. You do not go out drinking. Right. You do, All right. Burning so, Man is Burning so, Man. So, so who know, do you imagine? So Trump, if he gets another four terms, what happens to tech? Well, he loves tech. Mm-hmm. I, I think he, you know, he loves the stock market. He loves tech. the stock market, and the stock market is tech. So, I mean, it's we're all done. I mean, he may he. You have to look at what he says and what he does, right? Like, mm-hmm. he's got Zuckerberg coming over for lunch. He's got Peter Thiel in his ear. Mm-hmm. He's got Tim Cook sitting next to him. Tim Cook sitting next to him. So, like, Tim Cook is like, I listen. I know I have to deal with the president of the United States, so I am going to sit next to him and play nice. Right. And I think we'll move some more manufacturing back. The coronavirus, you know, when we're taping this, is in full um, panic mode here. We're being very cautious about it. That's going to argue for moving some of the supply chain more local yeah. and uh, just to avoid these kind of problems in the future. So I think uh, that will continue. And when people say you can't manufacture in the U.S., well, Tesla's making cars here, and Tesla's right. making cars in China. Tesla's making them in Germany. Right. That's a false narrative. Narrative mm-hmm. violation. Spoiler alert. Like, you can make anything anywhere. You right. d- it does not need to be in China. It's in do China because it's cheap. Do you think Trump will win the next election? Depending on— depend, uh, depends. I don't think he can beat—I think he's going to handily beat the socialists. Like, he's going to crush them because it's such a clear path to say they're socialists, they're communists. Here he is with Fidel Castro. America will never be. That's why the Russians want Bernie. You know, and I think the only chance we have is Amy, Biden, you know, some centrist, Bloomberg, who's going to say, I'm going to bring people together. My dream ticket, uh, even though it's just two men and I really would like to see a female um, and and maybe somebody who's been underrepresented, a person of color. uh, I think a Bloomberg, Mitt Romney crossover ticket would, as an independent, would be like, okay, Mitt Romney broke from the Republican Party. He's qualified. He's a little weird on the edges, but— he actually cares. He's an American. And Bloomberg is an American who's a great business person. He's a career politician. Put them together. Not uh, Bob Iger? That's the Well, that would be great. I mean, Bob Iger, Sheryl Sandberg, run. and Oprah right. are all Cheryl on Sandberg. the table for no. four years, eight years from now. No, Sheryl's not going to be running. I'm sorry. Uh, You're all wrong about that. You're all wrong. Am I? Yes. Uh, huh? You'll see. I think she was going to be a cabinet position yes. if Hillary won. That yes. was the inside line. Was that maybe I used to always Secretary joke with her Treasurer. she wants to be appointed president, but she does not want to run for president. Yeah. Secretary of something, yes. I think sure. starting a Secretary of State or Secretary of the Treasury, of and then people go, wow. Uh, where's Condoleezza concept. Rice in all of this? Uh, we'll see. Condoleezza Rice plus Mike Bloomberg? Yeah. All right. Okay, I like Kamala this. Okay, finishing up, we got to get yeah. going. Yes. Give me some. I'm going to do this and not try to just slam you. What yeah. are some of the really—do your own and do a couple others, just very briefly. Each well, a company I'm, I'm and, super— And trends that you think are important. Yeah, yeah. I, I always look at, as an investor, what are the hardest things to get done, the most resistant to technology mm-hmm. and entrepreneurship? Mm-hmm. I think housing is up there, healthcare yes. is up there, and education is up there. Okay. So we have— um, uh, a couple of investments uh, in each of those. And the one I'm really, really proud of and it's very promising right now is a company called Blockable, B-L-O-K-A-B-L-E.com. And they're making modular housing. They worked for Bezos and they had built uh, some of the Amazon stores in, a, in an, basically in an airplane hangar. Mm-hmm. And what they realized was, wow, if you build inside of a factory, you're not doing construction on site, so you can yeah. use new materials. Construction is artisanal. That's what I call it. Yeah, the way it would, we construct things is insane. It's insane. It would be like putting all the parts of a Tesla on For your driveway houses, and putting yes. it together there. Yes. So they are literally building low-income housing uh, the first project we have is for people who are addicted to opioids, uh, who are going back into society. It's like nine units. They're all mm-hmm. one-bedrooms. But we can make homes new with homes. new materials, new homes, 
at a fraction of the price in a fraction of the time. Yeah. And so— and They test that out in San Francisco. Well, that's well, another, we're, that's another we're building our first factory. will be in Sacramento. Okay. And right. so stay tuned. And all we're right. going to be able to build— I like that company. It's going to be very capital-intensive. Yes. Um, and I think it's going to work. Cafe X is the other one. We have robotic uh, coffee and machines. I saw it in the airport the other Yeah, day. and we moved to the airports. It didn't work in San Francisco. Too much regulation, too much cost, too much right. vandalism. But in right. the airports, they print vandalism. money. Vandalism. What would people do? Like, there was a window. Uh, I mean, you're asking me what people will do in San Francisco. <laughs> like, what haven't people done in San Francisco? <laughs> oh, my God. Literally, imagine owning a storefront and having somebody walk into your storefront and defecate in the middle of your place. Like, that is literally That's what's what happening happened. here right, in San Francisco. Right, I mean, okay. breaking things, kicking. I mean, if you're on methamphetamine or whatever. Also, people are mad that they were robots. I it wasn't really about that as much no. as, like— Crazy people. Okay, all right. We have a drug addiction problem in San Francisco right. that people look at as a poverty issue, but it really is— Well, it's, it's very a, complex. It's, it's housing. It's poverty. It's the statistics show 70 percent are uh, self-medicated yeah, or are, on there are, there are some medic- drugs. There are uh, uh, mentally ill people all across the country, and it never manifests itself. Quite. It, has, it combines with housing. I just did a great podcast with Connor Doherty. You just yeah. wrote a piece about that issue. It, it's, it is a confluence of events. You have people who, you know, maybe are down on their luck. They lose a job. They don't have a home. They then they self-medicate, right? right? So that's one of the big problems is we don't have great psychiatric care, and that's right. we don't have universal health care. If somebody is dealing with bipolar depression, whatever it is, anxiety, and they don't have health care, they can't go get meds. Yes. So what do they do? They go to Turk Street and they get meds, and those meds are cheap and available. Right. If those meds are cheap and available today, and getting you know whatever you need, an antidepressant, an anti-anxiety, whatever it is, and getting into a room. Is a hundred times harder, ten thousand yes, times I harder. Get, we get the issue. Yeah. All right. You, back to your your anyway. crazy robot coffee store. Uh, so anyway, that is, I think, going to be really great to be able to have a lot of the hard labor in the world removed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so robots outside of factories are going to be a huge win for All society. Right. All right. Okay. Uh, and then finally, uh, we have a company called Brilliant.org. I would like Cafe Robot to work, but I see it's difficult. It's a tough row. But Anytime you do hardware, a- yeah. any company worth doing is hard. Uber, right. I introduced to 22 investors at a little Open Angel Forum. I used to do this little event. And 19 people said no, three said yes. Me, Cyan, and first round. So literally, you know, the harder it is, the less likely it is to get investment. But right. if it does work, it becomes an outlier. Yeah. Okay. And right. that's what okay. you're looking All for right. as an so investor. robotic coffee. Go ahead. Yeah, and then education. So we have a company uh, called Dexter Learning, and they are in uh, Texas right now. We found the founder, fan of the pod. Um, and he is doing school from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., six days a week in a learning space where it's sort of like uh, at Astra Elon School mm-hmm. where it's self-paced learning. Mm-hmm. And they have proctors who move around and peer teaching. Uh, and it's going to basically take private school and make it affordable for another large group of society. So if private school was affordable mm-hmm. for whatever. School has to change. 40 Top 40% yeah. of people, we can maybe get it to the top 70% of people right now, huh. which is you can drop your kid off for – at least 30 hours, uh, 25 hours is minimum, or you mm-hmm. can leave them there for 60 hours. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a big part of why society is unfair right now is that people who don't have means, don't have childcare, they don't have anywhere to drop their kids off. Yep. And so the ability to—why is school so rigid in terms of the time? I don't get it. It should be from 6.30 a.m. until 7.30 p.m. And any parent should be able to drop their kid off to a high-quality educational experience even if they're struggling and they don't have money. Right. This would be the great mitzvah for society of any parent, a single parent, a parent who's struggling. It's hard even with when you have money. It's hard. It's, oh, I mean, it's brutal. Yeah. Parenting is hard, period. Right. No, but even childcare. It is. Childcare is exhausting and hard and, and the complex. And people amazing. Yeah, so, and so why not? I mean, if we want to talk about what to invest in our economy, making all schools 
365 days a year I from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. I agree. School is ridiculous. So often I am uh, at school events. They hate me at school because uh, they're talking about this homework, and I'm always like, I tell my kids not to do it. It's not, it's, and they're like, what? I'm like, why do that? It doesn't matter in the workplace. They should yeah. learn teamwork. They should learn. I was like, all their stupid homework. I'm like, skip it. Yeah. Like, what do you care? Like, you're. It's really interesting. The yeah. way it's done is not. So. And then we were. T- my son and I were talking about 365 days of school a year. He thought there should be longer vacations in between, like short, like two and a half weeks. How every- about the parent gets to say, you know, you kids got to be in school for 200 days a year. Mm-hmm. Here are five schools in your area. Mm-hmm. Drop off at any school you want uh, and, uh, you know, yeah. hit your benchmarks. It really does need innovation. It needs to be totally renovated. And at the same uh, time, redone. It, yeah. it, it, at the same time, it does need heavy government involvement because it's something that it, that never gets the attention it deserves. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. the it's, capitalists the, are not going to, like, think it's a good thing. Socialism is a spectrum to make everything full circle. We have a lot of rich people in this country. We have a tax, you know, system that's unfair, right? I mean, having been on both sides of it, mm-hmm. being, you know, poor or middle class majority of my life and then hitting some home runs later in life. Like the fact that I pay, you know, capital gains tax and Jason 1.0 was paying income tax and they're two different rates. Like it doesn't make any sense. And the yeah. fact that there's so many loopholes and that companies think like just because they can figure out the loopholes and pay no tax, even though they're highly profitable and made a ton of money, they shouldn't. There All should right. be some basic minimum tax All paid right. by Amazon. And then we should be able to provide healthcare and education that's world class. And the problem with, I think, the way Bernie presents it or some of the oh, socialist side Bernie. is if I said to you, right now we put people in from kindergarten or pre-K until grade 12, 13, 14 years. How do you feel about our education system going to 16 years, from 14 to 16? Mm-hmm. That doesn't seem crazy. But when you say free college— well, that triggers people because now we're talking about, you know, really expensive stuff. Mm-hmm. Or if I say, you know, people can go to the emergency room and not have to pay. Uh, or we could just have people go to a doctor and, you know, maybe mm-hmm. get treated before they have diabetes and their right. leg it comes off, you know, right. like tragically, like bad stuff happens. Uh, those are the two no-brainers for society. And right. I think that might get us um, this, like, ban the billionaires, Anon, you know, the Anon show of, like, capitalism is bad and people sh- who make money shouldn't be able to give it away how they want. Mm-hmm. Like, his shtick wouldn't work anymore. And his shtick is terrible. His shtick is terrible because he's sitting there as a failed management consultant who was part of the Aspen Institute. <laughs> now you're taking Anon. Well, I know. I mean, just Listen get me, to me. bring me Listen Anon. Listen to me. His very excellent point is that people don't understand why people are so attracted to Trump and Bernie. Like, I think he's making a very good point. People are dissatisfied. And you have to, yeah. instead of just attacking him, say, what is the root cause of the, of what is the attraction? People are disenfranchised. People are voting for them. So, yeah. therefore, that is a signal yeah. that, that people aren't paying attention to. Instead, they focus on the kill the billionaires thing. Yeah. I don't want to kill He still wants to kill No, he does not. You just— no. I just like to—, to You want to smack the billionaires. I want to smack them <laughs> upside smack, the head. Let's be honest. Almost, you do want to smack the billionaires. I, I do that for a living, and I've made a very yeah. good lemming at it. Anyway, Jason, this is super helpful. A last, yeah. very last question— most very short answers. I know it's hard for yes, you. Yes, lighting. Underhyped, overhyped company okay. right now of in tech or trend or something like that. Oh, underhyped. Oh, oh um, underhyped. Overhyped was you know clearly like the crypto kind of thing, but that's kind of <laughs> coming down now. Um, underhyped is um, what's coming, which is. Uh, civilians, mm-hmm. non-accredited investors are going to be able to invest in private companies. And the SEC is changing the laws that if you get an education could and you have one. the knowledge, somebody making 100000 or $50,000 a year could invest in Uber or Robinhood like I did. Right. And, you know, if you worked as an Uber driver, you were not—and we had these conversations like, how do we get the Uber driver stock? You're legally not allowed to. Yeah, eBay tried to do it. Uber tried to do it. Airbnb tried to do it. The hosts of Airbnbs should have been able to— 
get a share for $10 or an Uber driver after every 100 rides should have been allowed to buy one share. That would allow people to who participate in these new startups to benefit from their wild, crazy growth. And then the American dream would seem more real. I embraced LinkedIn as an HR person, and I got to buy some shares. Um, that's what should happen. And if you're right now working for the SEC, making $125,000 a year, enforcing these laws, mm-hmm. you don't get to be accredited. So literally, the person who enforces accreditation laws does not make enough money, even though they write and enforce the laws to invest in private companies. Right. It's okay. bonkers. Very fair point. Very it's going to change point. the world. All right, Jason. Thanks as for usual, me. we will have you back just to keep uh, uh, Scott on his toes. Absolutely. Anyway, thanks for coming on the show. Be nicer woof, to him. Woof. No, stop it. Dog. What, what animal are you? Woof, the dog is in the bed. Woof. You're, a, you're a weasel. What, what do they you? call you? Wait, <laughs> the call jungle cat. The jungle cat and the dog. Woof. You know oh. what? You wish you were an animal. You have no animal. <laughs> the tiger. The t- you're not a tiger. What am I? A weasel. The orca? A <laughs> weasel. No, Thanks. no, no, not a weasel. I'm glad a, I came on the podcast. Uh, honey badger. You're a honey, honey badger. badger. That's right. That's right. Honey badger and the wild dog. <laughs> okay. All right. That's enough. You can follow me on Twitter at Kara Swisher. My Your executive producer, engineer is Eric Anderson, is at Eric America. My producer, oh. Eric Johnson, is at Hey Hey ESJ. Jason, where can people find you online? At Jason. Yes, that's email right. Email Jason at Calacanis. If yes. you have a great company, yes. email Jason at Calacanis.com. Yes. I'll give you 100 grand. Obviously, he's, he he will get back to you. I do. If you, you do. I know you do. Yeah. If you like this episode, we'd really appreciate it if you shared it with a friend. And make sure to check out our other podcasts. Pivot, Reset, Recope Media, and Land of the Giants. Just search them in your podcasting app of choice or tap a link in the show notes. Thanks also to our editor, Joel Robbie. Thanks for listening to this episode of Recode Decode. I'll be back here on Wednesday. Tune in then.